Hello, and welcome to The One Hero Show, presented to you by LifeNet Health. We're your hosts, Nia. And I'm Kia. And today we have a very special guest with us. Dr. Winifred Agard is a board-certified emergency medicine physician who practices at Centra Health. She completed her undergraduate degree at the Harvard's Radcliffe Institute, her medical training at Yale University, and her medical residency at the University of Rochester in New York. She has been with Centra Health for 12 years, first at their Lynchburg General Campus, one of the busiest emergency rooms in the state, and now at their Gretna facility, which is a freestanding emergency room. Hi, Dr. Agard, thank you for being with us today. Hello. Hello, so happy to be with you. And we're excited to have you. Now, you've worked in some very challenging and diverse environments from New Haven to Boston and now South Southside Virginia, excuse me. Um, but it's pretty rare to see a black female ER doc. And I read a study by the American Academy of Medical Colleges that said only about 5% of all physicians are black. And when you get to the ER nationwide, there are only about 1,000 black female ER docs. Talk about the importance of having a black doctor in the ER, especially when you are working in communities with a sizable black population. Yes, thank you for the question. Um, there are so few uh, African-American uh, female physicians or just physicians in general. Um, and uh, I think that it's really important to have uh, physicians that look like the population that uh, the hospital is serving. Um, you know, when, when patients look to their care providers, um, they're trying to connect with them. Uh, they're, they're usually in the emergency department at a very vulnerable time. They're scared. And um, when they see their provider, they want to see someone who they can connect with on a human level. Um, a lot of times because of uh, historical bias and racism and lack of access to uh, adequate medical care, I think some of our African-American patients um, are scared and don't know what to expect when they, when they come in. And when they see a face that looks like theirs, that is a relief to them. And, um, and we can connect on a level that they may not be able to connect with, with someone who was not African-American. So I think it means a whole lot to uh, our, our African-American patients. Um, and I think it's great that hospitals and, and researchers are now kind of looking at some of these issues um, that have happened in the past um, and looking at how they can change it. And, you know, for us as two black women, we often are looking at what's happening in women's health. Can you talk about some of the disparities that black women face um, in healthcare and in the medical system? Sure. Um, you know, you can look at something as basic as pain management. Um, and how sometimes African-Americans are undertreated uh, in terms of their pain management in emergency departments and elsewhere. Um, there was a study just a few years ago that showed that because of some misperceptions as to um, uh, physical aspects of African-Americans versus, uh, 
versus white folks, um, that, that some providers didn't treat pain adequately for long bone fractures or kidney stones or, you know, things that are, that are incredibly painful. Um, and so, um, so it's important to look at some of these studies. I mean, even if you look at uh, the African-American death rate in childbirth, um, the African-American uh, woman is two to three times more likely to die in childbirth uh, than their white counterparts. And the question is why? What are the factors that um, lead into that? And who's studying what's going on? So I think it, it kind of leads back to your first question in that if you have more African-American scientists and physicians that are working on these issues, in addition to anyone else who might be interested, um, you know, these kinds of questions can be answered. And do you think socioeconomic status in black women and their um, mortality rate when it comes to childbirth matters? Or is this just something that's happening across the board? Yeah, I, I actually think it's multifactorial. I think there's definitely an aspect of socioeconomics that plays into access to care. Um, however, you know, these uh, problems can also be more widespread when when we look to uh, for example, um, uh, Beyonce uh, and and other um, people who do not have socioeconomic barriers to healthcare um, still are having increased morbidity or sickness um, during uh, these uh, episodes. So I think I think it has to be looked at further to figure out exactly what is causing the higher rates of uh, morbidity and mortality in the African American community. And with that being said, what should Black women be on the lookout for and how that, can they advocate for themselves? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a difficult question, um, but I think one of the things that's most important is the comfort level that any individual woman has with her care provider. You know, in the emergency department, there's not much of a choice. Um, you're, you're cared for by uh, whoever is there. But in terms of primary care physicians, um, you know, OBGYNs um, or specialists, you have more choice when it comes to who's going to care for you. Um, certainly, there's not that many African-American physicians in the United States. Everyone can't have an African-American um, uh, provider. Um, but you can certainly find one that is sensitive to your issues and truly listens to you. Um, and so I think it's important to have that rapport so that you can ask the questions that you feel are important to your care. And if you don't get adequate answers, I think it's also important to advocate for yourself and possibly seek a second opinion. I think that's great yeah. advice. Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, it, you know, we're talking about a situation where someone may come into the emergency room or, you know, if they're going to their, their primary care physician, it's also important to have um, some commonalities and some understanding when you're dealing with people who are about to be coping with loss. Um, the possibility that they may not go home with their loved one um, is really difficult. And, you know, 
working in these communities and, and seeing different cultures and how they grieve, you know, I find that a lot of times for, for our community, you know, we tend to be, you know, very spiritual. Um, we also, I, I see a lot of myself and a lot of the, the patients families where there's, there's always a girl in the family, a woman who is about to take charge of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> wants to know everything wants to know what the next step is um do you, do you think it's been helpful for you um you know as a black woman to be able to relate to some of these families and you know how do we you know help other health care providers um relate well with their families especially in times of loss yeah yeah i mean i think you know growing up in an african-american household um you know set me up in a sense to feel comfortable um, in, in that kind of environment. Um, you know, I think spirituality does uh, play a large part uh, in, in taking care of the African-American community and feeling comfortable enough to allow people to express their grief um, uh, is, is important. And, and, you know, and I don't think you have to be African-American in order to appreciate that, but I think you have to be open to um, understanding and appreciation for how people might be different or similar to you and be able to sit with that and be okay with that. Um, so I think, you know, for any provider approaching, um, uh, you know, a traumatic situation for a family, it's all about openness and willingness to understand what they need and to fill that need in that moment. That's a wonderful answer. And that, that just mm -hmm. really brings to mind for me, um, chaplains are some of the best, uh, you know, resources in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, I, I, in my work with chaplains, I've found that regardless of race, um, they are some of the sweetest, kindest uh, people in the world and will really do a very good job of, of holding hands with the family and walking them through um, things. So sh shout out to chaplains here. Yeah, <laughs> we really appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some of the things that we've kind of talked about in our previous episodes, we've talked about um, the, uh, the wait list for organ transplantation um, in Virginia is over 40% of that wait list is made up of black patients. Um, and it's something that we feel like the community should take up um, sort of as a mantle that something we should fix, we can fix. Right. And as an ER, ER physician, I know you see people come into the ER frequently at, well, with end-stage organ failure and maybe hoping to get a transplant one day. What is your experience with organ donation and transplantation? You know, so, you know, as an emergency physician, my job is to care for the patient in front of me, uh, to stabilize, to treat if possible. And so, honestly, I'm not a huge part of the donation factor um, for this. Um, you know, it's, it's. Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I just want you to emphasize that again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, uh, organ donation is not something that is my job to think about. I think about caring for the patient in front of me. And that's what I do. Um, I'm very fortunate to have people like you who can then, if the patient unfortunately, you know, passes away, then, you know, folks like you take care of the rest of it, which is incredibly important. 
um, because we do have a very long list of people who are in need of organs. Um, I don't deal with that, but that's important for the general patient population. And, you know, and if the organs need to be obtained from African-American people, then it's important that we have that in mind in our general lives. But that's not something that I really take care of in the emergency department. Yeah, it's 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 something we often hear right. <laughs> from people. Um, and as I've said before in other other episodes, I'm a big fan of medical dramas. Um, mm-hmm. I love the mess in the medical drama TV. <laughs> it's um, very entertaining. It, it they're hilarious, <laughs> but um, you know there really is this idea that a physician, you know, is taking care of a patient in room A, mm-hmm. tells the family that their loved one is not going to make it, but patient in room B just so happens to need a kidney <laughs> and is the same blood type. Would you believe it? So, um, you know, just we want to make sure that people understand that um, there's a process to organ donation. Um, we work with many partners, with um, hospital physicians, uh, with uh, respiratory therapists, nursing, laboratory, as we said, chaplaincy. Um, but hospital physicians are there to um, take care of you. Um, and to try to get you up and out of the hospital. So um, is there anything else you would like to leave with our audience? I, I do want to say I'm very, I, I do, we do feel very fortunate to have you yes. here. Um, <laughs> you guys, you don't walk into an ER and see a black female doctor hardly ever. Like it's kind yes. of not a thing. It should be a thing. Um, and one that is so, um, so well-respected, um, and well-educated, well educated. we were very, we were bragging on you. Yeah. We've been um, talking about her to everyone, Harvard and Yale. To so. our coworkers. <laughs> and we were saying, yes, we're going to be interviewing an ER doctor Yes, with an undergraduate <laughs> from Harvard, Harvard right. right? Yeah. And then Yale. So yeah, we were, we we're, um, just very proud and excited to have you on and, you know, we honor you and all your achievements and what yeah. you're doing. Well, I really appreciate that. And, and, you know, I can't tell you the number of times that, you know, patients and I have that quiet moment where they look at me and they say, you know, I'm really proud of you. (laughs) And I know that they're looking at me as they would look at a daughter or a niece. Um, And I'm looking at them like I would look at one of my elders. So uh, there's something special about that. And I do not take it for granted. Yeah, that that really matters. Yeah. I, we really thank you, and we appreciate you. Yeah, and we might have to have you back on to explain yes. something else. I'm sure. <laughs> well, I would love to come back. <laughs> Good. Thank you so much, Dr. Agard. Thank you so much. We, again, we appreciate you. If you have enjoyed this, just stay tuned for more. To discover more, visit our website at lifenethealth.org/slash one hero.